Welcome to the inner world of filmmaking. I'm your host, Tammy McGarrow. I'm an editor, podcaster, and still photographer. In this show, I will interview filmmakers in all facets of production and distribution. I'm honored to have producer, author, TEDx speaker, and podcast host Catherine Gray on to talk about her documentary, Show Her the Money. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Hi, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for being a part of the show. I'm so excited to dive into your film. And also, why don't we start with, tell us a little about yourself and how you got into producing. Sure. Uh, yeah, a couple of decades ago, um, I got into producing. Um, originally, I was in cable television advertising, was a producer in that, and decided uh, to make a documentary and uh, produce that. It was called I Can't Marry You. Uh, about same-sex marriage, and uh, I believe it was the first documentary that was about the over 1,000 rights and benefits and protections, uh, the federal rights and benefits and protections that come with marriage. That was my first foray into filmmaking. That ended up, like I said, on PBS, and it was narrated by Ellen's mom, Betty DeGeneres, and uh, really one of my proudest accomplishments because I believe that it is film and television that changes culture. So I think it was my documentary and all the other ones that were produced about same-sex marriage that really helped educate people, bring awareness, and create a change. How did you get her mom to narrate? Um, I knew she was speaking at an HRC event, and I knew she would be a great narrator. Uh, so I flew into the event, and as soon as it was over, I walked up and asked her if she would narrate this film about same-sex marriage, and she said, absolutely. Oh, my God. It's just so cool how you get people to participate in your films and uh, just, you know, flying over there and just asking. I think half of it is just asking. I, I think you're right. I think people normally want to help out. Uh, so we're just, you know, people have a fear, but you always have to think that you walk through the fear by saying, this purpose of mine is so much greater than myself and so much more important to the world that I have to be fearless and just ask. Yeah. And it's so wonderful that, you know, when you do ask, a lot of times you do get a yes, which is kind of cool, you know, and then it Absolutely. makes you want to ask more. So you also produced uh, the first ever TV series in the country that featured a drag queen that aired in Miami called Way Off Broadway. How did that venture come about? Um, you know, not many people know about that, so I'm glad you asked about it. Um, I just thought it was wrong that I, at, at that time in the 80s, there were no queer people on television at all, not on any shows. There was, this is before Will and Grace, before Ellen, and I was like, this just isn't right. So I just, I drove from every gay business from Key West to Palm Beach and asked all the gay business owners from restaurants, insurance companies, all kinds of gay businesses. I said, you know, it's not right that you're not allowed to uh, let people know that you're a gay-owned business on through television, you know, only print ads. So let's create this TV show together, and here's who's going to host it. And I made like a two-minute reel and uh, showed it to one of the local networks in Miami and got an airtime contract because they didn't even realize that it was a drag queen, or at the time they even called themselves female impersonator. I bought the airtime, produced the show uh, with you know top name entertainers in the 
music world would come on and it was kind of like a, a variety talk show. So we would have uh, the, the drag queen and her friends, you know, do a number. Then she would, uh, she and her partner would interview people, get their story. Then we would have these music entertainers that were popular in the gay culture come in and do their hit song or whatever. And anyway, so we sent it over to the network uh, for them to air it. And we had a contract for the airtime, so there was nothing they could do. And they put it on. It was like on at like midnight. And apparently all these people called in saying, what the hell are you airing? And they were like, what, what, you know, and they looked at it. They're like, what did you give us? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a gay show. It's, it's a, that's a drag queen. And yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so yeah, to my knowledge, it was the first thing to air ever in the country. It was just in the Miami market, but, um, yeah, definitely proud of that. Now, were you living in Miami at the time? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then when did you, you're in LA now, right? Yeah, I was in Miami for about 15 years in cable television advertising. So it wasn't a far stretch for me to, on the side, you know, go and gather these advertisers to put together this show and purchase the airtime because I was in that niche. So I knew a lot about it. And I thought, you know, just want to use my, my abilities of this to use it for something greater. You know, yeah. So, what brought you to LA? Well, uh, first, I ended up in New York. Uh, that's around the time that I produced "I Can't Marry You." Then uh, I had met someone, and they wanted to move out to um, LA. And I was working with another filmmaker on some things that were going to go on to do documentaries that were going to be made for Logo. I uh, just decided that I wanted to move out there, and I thought I would go, you know, be in LA for a year or two. And that was like seventeen years ago, so. You know, life just well, happens sometimes, right? Yeah, it's interesting what brings you to place to place. I'm always kind of curious when people have moved around from different states, like, okay, what led you? And then how did you make the move? Because sometimes that can be very daunting for people to to make the jump, especially if they're in a small town to go to a bigger town. So uh, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm a city girl. So I lived in, uh, I was born in D.C., uh, spent many years in Miami, then uh, New York, and then L.A. Uh, and so uh, I've sometimes people say, which city did you like the best? And I always say, honestly, I love them all. They're all so different one from another. Always looking for the next adventure and just where I feel led to go. Yeah. So you're finishing up your documentary, Show Her the Money, a film about the underfunding of women and how to create gender equity. Um, how did you come up with the idea for the film? Yeah, well, I was putting on women's conferences and added a night uh, called, uh, at the time, She Tank. Uh, got a cease and desist on that, so we changed it to She Angels. And She Angels was a pitch fest of women pitching women because uh, it had come to my attention, uh, and this is like seven, six, seven years ago, that we only get 2% of all the venture capital funding. And I was like, what? This is crazy. Women get 2% and men get 98%. How is that possible? Do you know that still exists today? And so eventually after uh, years of knowing this has not moved and this needle has just stayed stuck there. In fact, I think we've gotten less this year than last year. I always believe that it is film and television that helps create change, right? The arts. 
uh, it opens minds to things they otherwise might not have thought about. So I said, you know what? If this is ever going to change, there needs to be a film about this to alert as many women as possible and people as possible about this 2%. And then in the film, tell them how we can change this, how they can be part of the change. And that was the impetus of creating Show Her the Money. So how did you find the entrepreneurs that you interviewed in the film? Well, um, I just started swimming in this venture capital world and learning uh, that more women than ever were starting their own venture capital funds. And just in collaborating with these people, um, got to meet these interesting people uh, that are involved in it. If anybody's ever been in the venture capital world, you know you're going to meet the most brilliant, most innovative, most interesting people on the planet. And so once I got involved in that arena, I was like, wow, this is a movie. This is a story. And these women are incredible. And they're going to make such an exciting, interesting movie. And they are going to be the storytellers of why more women should be investing in venture capital and what is venture capital? I want people to walk out from show her the money and understand what venture capital is and why it's so important for women to be a part of that ecosystem. Right. So what is venture capital? So here, here's what I really like to talk about in the film. These women have started venture capital funds. And what a venture capital fund is, women can put their monies together into one fund these women are called angel investors, but when they put it in the fund, they're then called limited partners or LPs. So limited partners are all the people that have pooled their money together in a fund, kind of like a mutual fund. Only the difference is instead of in a mutual fund where you're investing in companies that have already been on the stock market and soared to all kinds of heights and have been established, this is funding for companies that aren't yet public and they're just starting out or they're on the rise uh, to become unicorns, which are billion dollar companies. Hopefully that would be the goal. These women that are the general partners, GPs, are the ones that run the fund. And so you don't have to be an expert at this uh, to be an investor because as an LP, you're pooling your money so that the GPs, who are the people who are the smart women that have been in this uh, arena and, and understand it, know how to vet these companies, they're picking for you who they think the best companies will be. And in that, it takes away some of the risk. So you're pooling your monies. There may be, maybe they're raising $10 million or $50 million um, and they pool that money. And then those GPs decide which of the 30 or 40 companies are going to get that money. Uh, it could be a hundred thousand. It could be giving them a million. Uh, that's how the companies grow. And so you're betting that out of the 30 or 40 they pick, if they even pick a handful that are super successful, like billion dollar companies, then you're going to make money from that fund. And so you're de-risking it instead of investing in a single company, you're investing in a group of companies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of sense. So how do they vet the companies? Do the companies apply for the money or yes. how does that work? Yeah, they pitch for the money and I'm glad you asked. They pitch for the money and they show their financials, their business plan. 
you know, how do they compare to the competitors? Is there a need for this? Uh, people also are very prone to investing in what is the founder like? Do they connect with the founder? Do they think the founder has the vision and the ability to execute it? And so they're really looking at all those components. You know, how much debt do they have? Um, you know, how are they going to scale it? And then the other good part about getting funding from a VC often can be that the people who are in that fund have all these connections and uh, capabilities that they can bring to the table to help your company. So when you get that venture capital, instead of just getting money, you're getting connections, introductions, expertise to help you build your company. That's why people would accept money from a venture capital fund or from an angel investor uh, as well. But uh, angel investing can be a bit more risky if you're investing in just a single company that may or may not make it. So it's like hedging your bets, kind of like a mutual fund. As we're just talking about this, um, can you tell me the difference between, or what is an angel investor? So for people that may not know, and then how does that work? So an angel investor is anyone that wants to invest in a company for, uh, for equity or for, um, they might want to just do it for debt, you know, give them a loan, get paid an interest, and then get paid the debt back. A lot of the time, it's equity in the company. So let's say you have a company and you want to sell 5% of the equity. You find an angel investor or investors to invest. And you have to come up with a valuation of what the company's worth so they know what their 5% is worth. And then they're betting that that valuation is going to go up and that they're going to make money on your company. Uh, sometimes as much as, you know, 10 times their investment or 50 times their investment. Uh, way different than investing in the stock market where you would never usually make those kind of returns. So it's high risk, high reward. That's the difference between angel investing and just going into a specific company as opposed to going into a fund where you're minimizing the risk, but also you probably won't have those returns of, you know, 50x, but you could have two, three, five, 10 times your return uh, when those general partners pick the right winning horses, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So is that kind of like the sharks on Shark Tank are angel investors? Is that they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so where are you at in the completion of the film? Oh, the film is done. Uh, it'll be coming out this fall. Yay. Yay. Uh, Show Her the Money will be at film festivals, women's empowerment events, universities. Uh, we are taking a grassroots approach as we launch it because we want that interaction. We want people to see the film and then be able to interact with each other and with the people in the film uh, so that there's that grassroots feel of this movement of how are we going to engage people to invest in venture capital and to get funding from venture capital by supporting these new female-founded funds to help women create their own club of helping each other. You know, they say there's the old boys club, but I tell everybody, uh, no one wants to belong to the uh, old girls club, so we are the bold girls club. And so we it. have to create that connection uh, and the best way to do it is a grassroots campaign where people can come out and co-mingle with each other. 
different experience than just watching it alone on TV. You know, having that interaction is going to be so important to the movement. So we're doing a 50-city tour starting later this year. I think that's great because that way, I mean, how many times do you have an opportunity to talk to the filmmakers and the people involved to ask questions after you've seen the film? Usually yes. you're walking away with questions that will never be answered, you know, so that's yes. awesome. Yes, and we want to give tangible uh, actions they can take. You know, nothing worse than you go to a movie and you see that there's a problem and then you walk out and say, gee, I wish I could be part of the solution, but how do I do that? And they give you no guidance. So we're really good about that, providing the resources of how they get involved. So were you in charge of finding the 50 places to be in? I mean, how did you do that? Right. Well, we're still in the process of that. Okay. So I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> people have women's empowerment groups out there that would be interested uh, in seeing Show Her the Money. Uh, we are starting to book that now uh, for end of the year and through 2024. And so, yes, we've already booked quite a few, but uh, we're going to, um, you know, continue to book those into the new year. Um, also, film festivals, uh, and we'll be letting people know at our website uh, where those screenings will be. We'll be releasing that uh, in the fall as well. So that is showherthemoneymovie.com. And of All course, right, I love it. you know, social media as well. So how did you get Sharon Glass and Dawn LaFrida on board? Good question. Uh, someone had recommended Dawn to me, and uh, I just knew that she was just this incredible woman uh, who is the largest franchise owner in the country. I was like, I know that she is a, a person that really believes in investing in women and has an incredible story that you'll see in the film, but she literally came from nothing. Uh, I'm just so impressed with her, and I knew she would be a great asset to the film. So reached out to her. I figured, you know, we were aligned on our thinking and she was like, yep, I would love to be a part of this. And uh, she happens to be best friends with Sharon Gless, which I did not know at the time. And so she said to me, you know, can Sharon come to the shoot? And I'm like, is that even a question? <laughs> of <laughs> right. course she can. I mean, who doesn't, uh, you know, love Cagney and love Sharon and, and uh, also her uh, Debbie and Queer as Folk and, and everything else she's done. She's just a wonderful human being and uh, a real feminist, uh, you know, so important to the feminist movement. You know, her and Tyne were the very first women ever in history to be leads, uh, female leads in a drama. So they've been, you know, leading the way in the feminist movement. So this this was a perfect way for her to be involved and continue. So she came to the shoot just loved what we were doing. And I said, well, you know, would you like to be a part of it? And she said, absolutely. So um, that's kind of, it just kind of organically happened because it was meant to be. Yeah, I love that. I love how things come together and the process that how you got it. So I think that that's wonderful. I'm sure a lot of people are always curious, like, how did you get the money for the film? How did you fund your film? Yeah, so... I know there's so many women out there trying to raise money for their films and it's never an easy answer, but I can only say, uh, especially if it's a documentary, I would say you just have to find the people that the topic of your documentary matters to them. And that really is the key. Um, I always say, if you talk to people and they don't get it or they're not interested in, in investing in it, 
then just keep moving because you will find your people. They are out there. There are angel out investors out there who do believe in whatever it is you're doing. You know, for me, it was how do we get more funding for women, especially in the venture capital world? And there were people out there that cared about it. But you do have to talk to a lot of people and you have to um, convince them that the ROI is uh, different in this case. Yes, you may make money on it, but the more important thing I call the ROI, and I just heard this from someone the other day, ripple of impact. And so if in your life you want to make a difference and have a ripple of impact, that's the ROI that you'll get from working on documentaries that help change people's minds and help change the world. And we all want to leave a legacy, and uh, often a film is the opportunity to do that. So we raised it two different ways, one with investors buying shares in the in the uh, LLC. We formed an LLC. And then the other was doing a nonprofit fundraiser for people who preferred to do a tax-deductible donation. And we raised money through our fiscal sponsor, uh, one I love that we always have utilized in the past, and that is From the Heart Productions. And Carol over there at From the Heart Productions is just amazing. And uh, we used a platform that she had recommended called uh, We Did It. And uh, the funds from that went through From the Heart and they take a small percentage and then uh, and then you get the funding through that. But it allows people to do a tax deductible. And, and so those people you don't owe anything to, they just do it because they want the tax deduction and they want to help you out. So I found a combination of the two was really a great way to go. People don't think about the tax deduction part of that, I yeah. think, in filmmaking. So that's great. Um, you're also the founder of She Angel Investors. Can you tell us about that organization and what made of, what motivated you to create it? Sure. So She Angel Investors really is a multimedia platform designed to provide resources to women that want to learn about angel investing, venture capital, and uh, about funding. And so I just create different things in there that help people learn about that. You know, we have our podcast as well called Invest in Her. And every week I have on women who are either funding women, uh, women that have uh, venture capital funds, or uh, women that are looking for funding. And I try to connect them. Uh, so that's what uh, uh, Invest in Her is, which is part of the She Angels, uh, She Angel Investors mission. Created that platform because I... I'm involved in multimedia. So the podcast, the the film, of course, show her the money. And then we also do events. And um, and I have an e-course on my uh, She Angel Investors site. It's called Six Ways to Fund Your Business. And I did that because I felt like the funding part was overwhelming and complicated for people. And I wanted to make it simple to understand. And so on my site, uh, we do have that course. In fact, your listeners can use a code called WOMEN50, and that will give them 50% off on that e-course if they would like to uh, take a look at that class that makes it simple. And, uh, you know, in a couple hours, you'll educate yourself on all the various ways that you can fund not only a film, but a business. Uh, and uh, that's why I created that. Yeah, I was just going to say, because it said uh, to fund your business, I was going to say, when are you creating creating the course, Six Ways to Fund Your Film? But yeah. you're saying that that is in there, so they could get both. Yeah, I mean, there's ways in there that would be, that uh, lend itself to either. 
Yeah, um, maybe yeah. not an SBA loan. I don't see you get an SBA loan, but you know, grants and things like that. Yeah, because it's always that's always the challenge is how do you fund your film and stuff. And and there are multiple ways to do it. It does take a lot of work if you want to do grants and different types of um, you know where they competitions and stuff where you could get more money. But uh, it it does take work. You're right. It does take a lot of time and energy. So it's got to be something that you're just super passionate about that you want to get up every morning and work on and you know it's your calling and your life's purpose what whatever that film is about you have to feel that passionate because it will take your time and energy and focus to get that happening so are there any other projects that you want to mention that you're working on right now we are full throttle on show her the money uh but i also am a co-producer on a new Broadway show, I believe it is the arts that really helps change, you know, culture. And so I think uh, film and theater are equally important. So my friend Nico Juber, who is absolutely brilliant, wrote a uh, show, a musical called Millennials Are Killing Musicals. And uh, it's it's funny, but it's really poignant. Uh, the music is amazing. She has the cast album just coming out now, uh, which is uh, the main song is sung by a Broadway star uh, from 1776, who also is a Tony winner. And um, it's coming out. She was just at Broadway Con and all the millennials and Gen X are super excited about this show. Uh, it's the first of its kind. It also addresses uh, social media, its impact on society and also motherhood. So the three main leads are women, which is unusual on Broadway and 80% of the uh, of the team behind the show is also on Broadway. So, it, and just to tie it into filmmaking, eventually there'll be a film made out of it. Somebody wanted to already make a film, but she's going to take it to Broadway first. Uh, so that's a possibility in the future. Oh, great. Well, I can't wait to hear more about it. So we'll, yeah. um, do we stay tuned on your website to find out more details about that? Yeah, um, She Angel Investors will keep you posted. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter and we let people know all the things that we're doing. And uh, and then on the movie site, uh, showherthemoneymovie.com, uh, people can sign up for updates on screenings and uh, other information. So any closing thoughts or comments that you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, just that I always like that saying, uh, awareness creates change. And so that's what we're doing as filmmakers. We're creating awareness, at least as documentary filmmakers. So it's so important if people feel a calling or a download to make a documentary, then go for it because it's probably your purpose on the planet. And uh, we all want to follow our purpose because that's what brings us the most joy, right? So I couldn't be happier that the film is ready to go out to the public. We just did our first private screening to the investors and they were over the moon and uh, we're just super excited to release it and have all your uh, listeners come out and see the movie um, in their city. Yeah, I can't wait to see it, too. I saw the trailer, so I'm excited for when it comes out. So congratulations, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Tammy. Appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get out there and make a film. Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it and follow me on Instagram at Tammy McGarrow. Until we meet again, what's your story? Come on.